Hello! Welcome to Center Saint Sister. This is a space where spirited, hurting, searching, faithful people come together and ask hard questions and listen to some really wise people share about how they have lived life deeply. If this episode spoke to you, I hope that you leave a review and subscribe. You can visit YouTube slash Allison Sullivan for some really fun extras. I hope you hear something today that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. Maybe it was on Facebook. Maybe I was driving around my neighborhoods downtown. I don't remember the details, but a while ago, I had a thought after seeing there was a boxing gym practically in my neighborhood, and my thought was this. I want to do that. There were plenty more reasons to not do that, but this new idea, it was as loud as it was outrageous. I convinced myself I didn't belong a million different ways. I pictured a sweltering gym full of ripply bodies and shiny shorts and fast feet and furrowed brows, and then everyone, inevitably shirtless, stopping what they were doing while the music came to a halt right as I walked through the door. Because I tell my yoga students at least twice a week, changes on the other side of challenge, I made the phone call anyway. There's this line in the movie that I love, We Bought a Zoo, that says usually the things that we want in our lives but are afraid to go after, all they really take is 20 seconds of bravery. It only takes 20 seconds to make a phone call or ask the question or push post or open the door, and all of us can manage 20 seconds. That's it. 20 seconds. And so I learned how to box, and I loved it. I had new disciplines, new skills, new friends, new muscles. I was getting up at 5 a.m., and I didn't even know I could do that. I felt so proud of myself for saying yes to learning and yes to adventure and yes to that small voice that bravely said, I want to do that. Before boxing and before my 40s, maybe this lesson is a combination of something I really love and wisdom, I had spent a lot of time not working out because it wasn't a priority. And if I ever did make myself break a sweat, it was really only ever about vanity. You know, using my jeans as a guide. If they fit fine, great. I'm free. A little snug. Time to get moving. But the problem with that was that even if I thought I might have needed to lose a couple of pounds, I could hide the extra weight well enough so that nothing ever really changed. If it was about vanity, then I could always find loopholes and then my excuses, they always won. But then I had a realization and it changed everything. I don't work out to look good anymore. I work out to feel good. Because Here's the deal for me. Finding something that I could do almost every day had completely transformed my outlook. I wasn't working out to look good. I was working out to feel good and exercise matters. I couldn't have ever known that lesson if I hadn't have found something that I thought was worth doing every single day or almost every single day. But moving every day, that's what came first. That's where the lessons happened. And then When exercise wasn't about how I looked, but instead of how I felt, I could struggle with the top button of my jeans and I could just shrug my shoulders. When exercise wasn't about how I looked, but how I felt, I could struggle with irritability or powerlessness or grumpiness, sadness, sour patch kid and skittle cravings. And then I could make it a point to just hit it hard the next day. Exercise, it was about so much more than the top button of my jeans. And it turns out I like working up a good sweat. I like clearing my head a little and feeling the slightest bit sore, I had even come to tolerate heavy metal because my coaches insisted upon music genre was heavy metal because he swore it made us move faster. 
on the days that I exercise, I know that my life is more orderly. I know that it's more organized. I know that I eat better and drink more water and have more energy. And there's something about boxing in particular that made me feel like I could do anything. And so for the life of me, it makes no sense to me why I am currently in the slump that I am. But this conversation with Sandra, better known as Big Fit I Run on Instagram, go ahead and follow now. This conversation might have just been the fire underneath me that I needed to get right back at it. I think you're going to love the many places she takes this conversation about exercise and our bodies and our complicated relationships to all of it. Would you like to hear more about life from a Catholic perspective? Then listen to host Chanel Shaw talk with special guests about culture, current events, and all things Catholic. You'll walk away with a better understanding of your faith and how to live it in the world today. Check out Ave Spotlight podcast and make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any of the new and exciting episodes. You can also go sign up for all of the free content at AveMariaPress.com or by following Ave Maria Press on social media. Hello, Sandra. You are, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, This is an especially kind of funny episode for me because I complain all the time about running. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so excited to learn from you. You're a marathon runner. You're an Instagram influencer. You have captured our attention by doing something so revolutionary as just loving and appreciating and respecting your own body. Um, Unfortunately, there are so many women who are repulsed by or avoidant of their own bodies. And so, so much so that they can even start to dislike the person that lives there. And um, all of your messages on Instagram, they bring so much hope and encouragement and inspiration. Um, It is all my hope today, because of some of the things that I just briefly mentioned, which I'm sure we'll get into more, I just want to absorb, if by osmosis, osmosis if, if that's possible, but I would just love to absorb your your confidence and your perspective. Um, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much. And thank you for such a beautiful introduction. <laughs> oh, I, I, this is going to be a lot of fun, I can tell. Um, so Sandra, you have a larger body. And mm-hmm. I can tell by how um, much weight that care, how much weight that carries in our culture, just by how difficult that was for me to say, you know. Yes. And I feel like your response to that would be, "Why? I do, yeah. you know." <laughs> and so there is such a beautiful unattachment that you have to our world standards or, or to culture. And so you just have this really steady and inclusive way that you are encouraging your followers to move freely without shame or judgment. And it resonates with so many people because we need it so badly. We have such complicated relationships with our bodies. Um, so we are, are looking to your calm confidence. We all want to emulate that. Um, I'm excited to learn from you. A lot of times I will have people introduce themselves to listeners who might not already know and love you by um, asking who and what they love. What are some things you love, Sandra? Well, I love running. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love running. Uh, so I'm Sandra. I'm a mother of four. Uh, I happen to have gotten into running at 43 and I'm 47 okay. now. Okay. So a late bloomer, as mm-hmm. I call myself. Um, and in 2017, I bought a treadmill and put it downstairs and started walking on it and then slowly increasing the pace and started running. And then in 2018, I took my first run ever outside in public 
uh, went for a seven kilometer run. (laughs) Yes, that's what I thought, but nobody really. Of course, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, went into this like near my house, this park, ran for seven kilometers, and I came back a different person. Uh, At least that's what I thought, and I'm going to stick to that story. Yeah. Um, But came back a different person. I felt like I was shedding old skin Mm. from, you know, dead skin. Yeah. Um, and, and I just couldn't believe the, the endorphins and the, um, serotonin that I got on that run. And really it's, it's truly, um, it's, it's the honest truth when people say that they are chasing the high and they, they really do chase the high when they're running. Obviously you're not going to get a high every time and not every run is going to be fabulous. And probably I would say, I'd probably say 60% of the time you keep running because it's something that you want to do consistently. And then the other 40% of the time is the high. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's me. I, I, I work at a bank. I'm a financial advisor um, on the side. <laughs> I need help there too. <laughs> This is just, uh, it's a little bit different in Canada. We have things like TFSAs instead of 401s and things like that. But um, yeah, that's what I do on the side to pay for this addiction. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a, I'm curious, what took you 43 years to start? Did something have to give? What happened? So I've always worked out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, before I had my first child, I was always kind of working out, but it was always to lose weight. Because yeah, right. in my culture, uh, so I'm actually Croatian, um, which is a country that's very close to Italy. And so from a very young age, when my mom saw how big I was going to be mm-hmm. and that I was going to the women's clothing section, even at you know 10 years old to buy or 12 years old to buy my confirmation dress, she was like, oh, so from a very young age, she was already, you know, moving food aside that I yeah. shouldn't have or telling me, don't eat that, don't eat bread yet. She was breaking, baking bread every day. So uh, up until 43, I always kind of kept working out, but it was more in the form of, you know, punishment or trying to lose weight or right. trying to maintain um, uh, weight loss after my fourth child. And uh, eight years ago, I actually started anxiety medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eight years ago, my youngest was diagnosed with autism. And just things changed. And it, that changed my world. Having yeah. this. Uh, also, I had lost 50 pounds eight years ago in 2014. And after I started taking the medicine, I had gained back the 50 right. pounds. Yes. So here I am sitting at 250 pounds. And I've been this weight for four years, uh, maintaining it. Um, mm-hmm. And really what changed uh i never i never ran outside i never ran period it was always you know hit workouts and strength mm-hmm. training and like the mm-hmm. stairmaster and and maybe right. i'd use the treadmill to warm up but um truly when i bought that treadmill in 2017 and i was watching netflix series on it and documentaries and i started watching these running documentaries and the things that people were saying were just it's like they're a different breed of people. Runners yeah. are t- truly a different right. breed of people. You, when you run, you run alone. Yeah. So you have to be in your thoughts for so long. When you run alone, you have to like yourself mm. or at least put up with yourself and be able to um, maintain that relationship with yourself um, as you run alone. But 
So uh, the beauty of social media also, and like how the algorithm works is that in that very beginning stage of my passion in running, I started immersing myself with only run influencers and, and only running people in the community. Like if, if you look at my for you page or my, you know, Instagram home feed, it's just runners. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no beauty. There's no makeup <laughs> tutorials. There's yeah. no DIY. I don't care about any of that stuff. I've been cutting my own hair for 12 years. <laughs> like I just, I just don't like, it's just, I don't dye my hair. It's like, I'm going gray on the sides and I'm like, Ooh, Foxy silver Fox. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. truly, I immersed myself. Yeah. In, in, you know, when I started, and it was really that first run that changed everything. And I had started listening to podcasts and and heard of people like Mirna Valerio and Rich Roll, and um, I was just like, wow, I want a part of this. And I signed up for, I think, ten races in 2018, that first year. And one of them was um, a marathon in Seattle. And there was uh, three half marathons and I don't know, five, 10 Ks. So I'm somebody who doesn't like, I go big or go home. You know, right. my first race oh. was a 10 K trail race yeah. that had 2000 <laughs> feet of elevation. That I relate to that so much. I'm like either a hundred percent or not. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. As you, as your producer shows up for your podcast producing, and, you know, like, yes, you go, you go bigger, you go home. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. Well, if you don't mind me asking if this is no. like too personal, too soon, feel free mm -hmm. to tell me to be quiet, but I'm curious, is your anxiety better managed by your activity oh. by your running? Yeah. Oh, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> there is a book called the body Keeps score. Of course. Yes. And Dr. Um, Bessel Vanderkelk. Van yeah. And he talks about, there's a couple of podcasts and a couple of books that have changed my life as well as mm -hmm. I kind of started this journey. And that is one of the books. And one of his quotes uh, in the very, you know, first hundred pages of the book is there's three ways to heal trauma. And most runners, most, especially the ones that do really long distances running are running to heal some sort of trauma. Um, and, and that's not a generalization. If you talk to any of them, there's some that have written books about it and, and, you know, some trauma is severe. Some is not, some is not uh, severe. Yeah. So I think we all have some sort of trauma, but, uh, so he talks about three ways to heal trauma. The first is counseling and therapy, which a lot of people do. The second is medication. So mm -hmm. I did both of those. Mm -hmm. And the third way, use your body. Use your body to have visceral experiences mm. that contradict the helplessness and rage you feel. Wow. Wow. Use your body to have visceral experiences that contradict the rage you feel. Wow. So when I heard that, I stopped dead in my tracks, replayed it because it was on Audible. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm doing. And how many of us, you know, you mentioned a second ago, um, how many of us hate being alone? You know, the silence, the and solitary, you yes. know, the, the, the solitude that comes with something running. And it's like, how many of us will fall asleep to a TV because we don't want to be alone with our thoughts. It's this giant act of avoidance. And it's, it's, it's fear. You know, we're afraid. We so often don't know how to just feel our feelings without 
you know, fear of being hijacked by them, you know, and there's this how emotional people, avoidance. Yeah. How many people make over plan so they're not alone? Yes, the busyness. How, yeah, how the many busyness as a badge. Yes. Yeah, that's so interesting. And so it's like we're afraid of, you know, these very visceral things that come with being alone, our, our chest caving in, feeling punched in the stomach, you know, all of these very visceral things. And what he's saying is replace it, replace it with being with trying to breathe, replace it with being exhausted, replace it with sore muscles. That's so interesting. And, and the act of running itself is very different from other physical activities because, um, first of all, it gets the blood going. So that's the visceral part of it. Visceral okay. through the veins. Okay. And as you're shaking your body, mm -hmm. it's actually calming down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, honestly, I think if everybody ran in this world, we'd just be happier people. Right, right. And that's, it's why, so... that's why runners are, are seen as almost lunatics. Yeah. The ones who are like super, you know, running is the best, running is the best. Well, yeah, that's why it's the best because you're happy. Yeah. I'm not saying running solves all all of people's problems. Wow. But but you're but onto it, something. You are onto yeah. something and and its yeah. fruit is is unavoidable. I so you mentioned earlier, you know, just some perhaps some formative things in your childhood. Do you have mm. a first memory of uh, or a or a first um awareness? of your body when maybe you either knew that you were different or, or oh, knew yeah. how you were being perceived? Mm. Is there any one moment? So I was born in Croatia and I came to Canada at six. And so my parents survival mechanism was, you know, just to economically survive in Canada with no English, mm. right? Mm -hmm. They spoke mm -hmm. no English. And so there wasn't any like, Oh, go play with your friends. No, it was, stay in the house, take care of your brother and sister. We have to work. You have to pick up your brother and sister from school, walk home with him, and then you have to clean the house. And so there was like that emotional deficit there of, you know, that loving kind of like, oh, how was your day? There was none of that. It was like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't yeah. you do that? So that's first and foremost. Okay. Second is I needed to soothe myself with something mm. because I wasn't getting anything as a child yeah. and not to the fault of my parents. They didn't know any better. My parents are absolutely amazing. They've, they've came, they came here with nothing and they, you know, bought and sold houses. They made themselves, um, they made a great life for us, but they just didn't know any better. And they repeated what they knew. Um, but I needed to soothe myself with something. So what yeah. did I soothe myself with? I, mm -hmm. I, hid bread under my pillow yeah, my yeah. mom's homemade bread <laughs> and yeah. I, I wanted to eat her mashed potatoes and her you know things like that so those are my those are my memories yeah are all of shameful things that you know are not really shameful but are of like wanting and wanting more food because that's yeah. what I didn't get hugs my mom told me she loved me first time in my life at 21 when I moved <laughs> back to Europe Oh gosh. Out of desperation, she missed you. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Whereas now with my own kids, I'm like, 
Yeah, right, I know. Nine I know. Day. We're day. obnoxious, right? I know. I feel that. Um, okay, so I there are impossible beauty standards, and it sounds like you are resisting them really, really well. And beauty is like just this futile attempt now with all of the things we have at our disposal, whether it's you know editing our photos with filters or photoshopping or whatever. I mean, it's impossible. There's perfect hair and perfectly white teeth and perfect waists and curves and and all the nonsense. Um, so. I feel like a lot of times the message women get is it's your job to be beautiful. What are you trying to be, Sandra? So first of all, you have the body that you have right now. So are you going to delay your own enjoyment of your body until you reach something that is maybe unattainable? Or are you going to work with what you have now? Right. And so Four years later on my journey, so this is my fourth year of doing five kilometers every day. So 2023 will be the start of the fifth year. But four years later, I have now mastered the art of consistency, which has healed my self-worth. And then anything I choose to do after that is likely more possible than starting with a deficit of self-worth. Right. right. And self-confidence. Wow, the, ma- the uh, consistency. Interesting. It starts with your consistency. Wow. And if you... If, and discipline. Exactly. And if you don't trust your body, which most women don't, if you don't trust your body going into a journey, how are you going to rely on yourself to make good decisions? Right, right. So I've built trust with myself now hmm. that is unbreakable. Ugh. But did anybody tell me to do this before? Gosh, that's beautiful. They just tell you to go and go on a diet and go go keto and go paleo, yeah, pe- paleo yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. no. You have to build consistency of doing something over and over again to build trust with yourself. And maybe you already have it, right? Maybe you already have it because everybody is so different, right? Mm -hmm. Our, Our childhood, all of our childhoods are so different. And what was instilled in you as a child is completely different from what was instilled in me. So that's where the baseline is. You have to start from there. What were the words that somebody was telling you as a child? Were they, you're, um, you're useless or you're stupid or you're, you can't finish this or you can't finish that. Why did I not use a marathon training plan for my first four marathons? Mm -hmm. Because I thought I was useless. And because I thought I wasn't, that I was going to not finish them. Like I didn't finish my grade nine math report. That's why yeah. it took me four years to actually this year use a marathon training plan with confidence, knowing I was not going to quit it. Yeah. Wow. You know, you mentioned there's, t- I had two thoughts while you were talking mm-hmm. and one of them is, I feel like these messages that we receive, they might not even be explicit. It might be an implicit message that you've received in a highly sensitive person such, you know, such as myself and and many others. I'm learning a lot about that recently is I I can I can tell how you feel about me by a facial expression or Mm -hmm. a shift the way you shifted in your seat or or whatever. And so um, I, I don't think that, you know, your parents have to be outright saying you're useless for the for you to know that 
that's kind of how they felt, <laughs> you know? I, so I think those messages can be tricky. You know, there's a word in Croatian that is uh, baby pig. <laughs> and, okay. And I'm all ears. Called, <laughs> it's called prasica. Okay. And I was called Prasita. that. Prasica. Oh, yeah. Prasita. I was called that all the time. Baby pig. Like you. And, you know, when I think about. Was it about, a term of endearment or intended no, to be? No, it was, no. It, was a, okay. it was a term to describe, you know, my lack of um, following through on something, my lack of getting yeah. good grades or my lack of whatever. Whereas okay. now my parents worship me. You know what I yeah, mean? Like they're at yeah. that, you know, my parents moved to this city where I am now. Um, they adore my kid. Like, you know yes, what I mean? Like, yes. it's just so God different. Like all. Was, we just did the best we could. <laughs> they, they didn't know. They were just, my mom was so stressed out. My dad was so stressed out. I love out. the like, grace you have because we have so many oh, more resources available to us to do a better job. <laughs> not to mention when I was 33, I found out what happened to my parents in mm. their childhood, their yeah. trauma. Right. So you imagine two people who had very traumatic events happen to them when they were small, mm -hmm. get together Mm -hmm. get married mm -hmm. and then have three children yeah. who they pass their trauma and then mess up to. some kids in some new inventive new and inventive ways <laughs> um okay the other thing that i i had a thought while you were talking earlier and you were talking about why wait why wait yeah. to you know mm -hmm. feel at home in your own skin or or feel joyful as you are i had this sounds so silly but it, it was <laughs> really profound for some reason, but I, w I was, I gained a bunch of weight over COVID. I was just uncomfortable. I didn't feel like myself. I was sad. It was leading to, a, um, nah, there were a lot of factors, but depression was certainly mm -hmm. in the whole mix of the things that were going on. And I wasn't getting dressed, which ended up kind of spiraling into other things and staying at home and not getting out of bed and, and on and on and on. I'd been in sweats mm -hmm. for like two and a half years is the point. And so <laughs> I was, you know, lamenting this sad statistic with a friend. And I was like, I just don't have any jeans that fit me. And she goes, she looked at me and goes, go buy new jeans. What are we doing here? And she was like, come on, we are going to buy new jeans right now. And for whatever reason, like that was so profound. It's like, this is who you are right now. We're going to love this person that is this size right now. And you're going to get dressed and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh. And and if you had not followed her advice and stayed in the jogging pants and then attempted to do any like chores or any projects, you would have carried that self-loathing with you yeah. while you self-loathed yourself. And imagine the outcome yeah. of that while you're self-loathing yourself versus the outcome yeah. of, of being in those new genes and doing the same thing. The outcomes are completely different. That's so interesting. What a great point. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. It's, but but we're taught, we see commercials, we're taught, go back and wear your high school jeans or go back and it's like, how, how can I, I'm not the same body after four children. Right. I'm not even the same. Yeah. Why is um, that a thing? Why are we talking about that? Yeah. Physiological makeup. Right. Because, because the society teaches us this, that our worth is only determined by our uh, pants size. Yeah, outward appearance. Pants size. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. My worth is determined by how many marathons I run. That's what I tell me. My, wor my mm -hmm. worth is determined. I'll tell myself whatever my worth is That's determined right. by. Right. 
I decide. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, okay, so I was thinking, I as I'm listening to you, I, I'm realizing how much of your you know, you include your past and your present and your future, your emotional health, your spirituality, all of it is so intermingled and connected. And I think that we have a tendency to live these really disconnected lives. It's like we have we, we have the buckets and it's like this is the the emotional health bucket and this is the physical bucket and we're and we're all the while thinking of our bodies as kind of just this machine you know, when really it is this wildly complex, divinely inspired, knit together, um, complex organism, right? Um, do you have any, I, have you, have you always like enmeshed all of these different parts of yourself? Did you used to live really disconnected? What's your experience with, with connection and what are the tools that help you live a really fully embodied life? I mean, I know that running is obviously, you know, the, the easy answer, but how'd you get there? No, running is just the vehicle that I'm in. But you still have to go from spot to spot. So you Mm -hmm. still have to go from day to day, but you can choose the vehicle that you want to be in. So when you mentioned the buckets, I have um, a metaphor that I always use and I call it the shit and piss bucket (laughs) because people sit in their own shit and piss and it's warm and cozy and no and and only that that person i know i know but imagine (laughs) this we know that you're sitting in shit and piss like especially when we know somebody who's very depressed or very like uh suicidal or whatever Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. they're sitting in this stuff that they think doesn't smell Mm. but when you're looking at it from the outside you're like oh man you need, you know, you need to get out of that. And so sure, running is, like I said, running is just the vehicle. But um, this journey, and and this is one thing I want to say has been so lonely. This has been one of the most loneliest things that I've ever endured, because you have just yourself to rely on. There have been so many nights so many mornings that I'm doing my 5k and I'm like, why am I doing this? Mm, mm-hmm. It's minus 17 yeah. outside or oh, uh, my treadmill broke last year for like four months. And I was like, oh my gosh, minus 17, minus 20 raining snow. And I have to do my 5k. That's my unconditional, yeah. non-negotiable every single day. Whole person. And so- care. Yes. And and when you're in this journey and you're like, this is because nobody wants to join you. Nobody wants to join you. How many of your friends are like, no, my idea of a podcast is not fun. Yeah. You're on your right. own. Right. You're the eccentric one who sees yeah. value in what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. And so have I always been, um, you know, connected? Yes. But the difference is now the thoughts that come through my head now versus the thoughts that came through my head four years ago uh, are hundred percent absolutely contradictory. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're not the same person. And that's the beauty of neuroplasticity. Mm. You can change the messages in your head by doing something over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. Yeah. So another amazing amazing podcast that changed my life during this journey 
was podcast episode 405 with Rich Roll and Huberman Lab. Awesome. And that was when he said to me, and I wish we knew this as children. I wish we were told this at some point in our teenage life that my mom used to say, oh, you have no willpower. You can't finish a diet or you can't lose 10 pounds or, mm. and I'm just, and, I, and, and so my whole life, I grew up with the fact that I thought I had no willpower. Yeah. Again, I huh. couldn't complete something. Right. Yeah. And when I heard this podcast and he said that our, first of all, our nervous system controls our brain, our nervous system controls our brain, our memories are held in our nervous system. Mm. So your nervous system will do anything to protect you, including when you start a new habit. Wow. Because it will go back and it'll say, no, you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. That will hurt you. Mm -hmm. And in the first year of doing the 5k, you will not believe how many times that came through in my brain. And, and it kept saying, why are you doing this? You know, you're going to fail. Like, what's even the point of starting this? And then in year two, old familiar path. Unbelievable. And and yeah. I'll, I'll finish it with this, but year two, my brain was like, okay, fine. We gave you year one. You had year one. You're not doing year two. Yeah. That's what it was that's saying awesome. to me. That's awesome. But that's a whole year. That is a whole year of discomfort. And we are always trying to dodge But look at how discomfort. long it took me. Yes. People dodge discomfort thinking, yes. okay, start a new habit. Uh, you know, 21 days for this, 45 days for that. No, yeah. it takes years. Oh, imagine wow. that yeah. you're, that you have one character. So imagine I was like this for my whole life at 43. How can you erase that after 21 days? That's Are right. you kidding exactly. me? Exactly. Good so for you. Yeah. Thank you for being honest up, about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Society sets up people for failure. They right. say, okay, if you haven't mastered a habit in 90 days, then you're a loser. Are you kidding me? It took me four years. Mm. And, and, and I'm still okay, working on it. So yeah, okay. So it took years. That's costly, right? But isn't a caring and loving and affirmative and attentive relationship with yourself worth it? <laughs> yes, but how I many mean, people don't get to that? Right, right. And how so instead, we just live with our sleep disturbed and our appetites yes. are all wonky. Yes. And it's like the next person that touches me, I'm going to scream. You know, mm. I mean, yeah. there's just this irritability. It's like, unpredictable bowels, what have you. I mean, you know, there's just, there's all these prices that we pay for the other, for the living the other way in comfort or I don't know, sloth, whatever. And mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, the alternative is we all want change, but we're too afraid to die. You know, and it's they like, want it now. <laughs> that's they right. Want it now. Yeah. Yeah. They want it Man. in three months. Um, I feel like I can have, and you've, you know, hit on this a lot, this inner critic, you know, you, you mentioned this inner critic that's, that's telling you you're not going to finish. And mm -hmm. so, and, and for me, it's like, I'm just going to go ahead and shame myself before anybody else, you know, can have, can have a whack at me. And, um, and it makes me take steps back when really mm -hmm. I'm ready to take steps forward. It's like, I might have made a decision. And so what are some, what are some things that you've done or surrounded yourself with to kind of turn that voice down and turn another voice up? How do we be our own cheerleaders? How are oh, you your own cheerleader? I'm, I'm glad you said this. Okay. I published a magazine ah, last yes. January. Okay. So after I published the magazine, I sold almost 300 copies just on Instagram. No, nothing. Right. 32 pages, glossy, whatever. After that, I got depressed. 
Because, like you said, you were ready for more, but mm. your nervous system was telling you, Mm-mm-mm. Mm. No, you're not going to succeed at this because you should just stay where you are. Yeah. So you're not going to succeed at this and make, you know, a semi-annual or a quarterly issue. You should just stay with the one because you're not good enough to follow through on having a real magazine. Yeah. But this is all part of the journey. It took me six months to finally announce issue two <laughs> because I was, I was going back and forth. My nervous system was like, you know what? Just, just don't bother because we know you, we know yeah. your pattern. We know your past. You're not going to, you're not going to make this a real thing. Mm-hmm. And that's because we're scared of success. Mm-hmm. That's because we're scared of getting bigger mm-hmm. and better mm-hmm. we're gonna stay where we know because when we step okay. out with creativity or or whatever anytime we step out we're giving people a way to either celebrate us or ignore us and I, I feel I don't I don't know that there's much worse than just it's not even that. being ignored altogether okay what is it no it's not even that we're afraid of our own success because that means that we're actually living up to our potential that we knew we had, but somebody else told us we didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't care what somebody thinks about you. I don't care what someone thinks about me. You think, you think somebody, you know how many troll comments I get? I, I kind of care, Sandra. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. I think you care more about making your podcast amazing mm-hmm. versus if you cared what somebody thought about you, you wouldn't even be doing a podcast because that's like out of the, that's that's out of the box mm-hmm. right I don't care what somebody thinks about me but it's my inner critic that's telling me you're not good enough for more okay I, I are hear you that. good enough for more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's oh I'm getting goosebumps that's <laughs> the problem is we we bring ourselves down to a level that's comfortable we stay in our own mini shit and piss bucket uh-huh. because we know if we step out of it, but we have to step out of it. Okay. So you are your own cheerleader by accepting new challenges, by shutting up your inner critic with different messages, replacing that message. What's yeah. the answer? Yeah. So I'll tell you something, even with this and, and this marathon training plan is a metaphor for what's happening in my life right now. Hmm. So running is always a metaphor. I, <laughs> it re- but it really is like, even, even it really just, is. It, I have this marathon training plan. It's um, I do it. I write it five weeks out and I have one of those mom calendars that you can like, mm-hmm. you know, erase the dry eraser. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was equating and this sounds so stupid, but I was equating my self-worth to following the marathon training plan to a T Mm -hmm. But I just had an implant, like a dental implant put in on Tuesday. Uh So that's an evasive surgery with a titanium screw put in your mouth, in 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 your your jaw. Hello. Yeah. 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 So, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to rest for two days so that I don't break my stitches. But two years ago, I would have put the messages in my head that I'm a loser for not sticking to the plan. Yeah. And not running on Monday or whatever, even though I did 12 kilometers on Sunday and 21 yeah. on Saturday. And that goes back to what you said earlier about the repetition, the consistency, the discipline has made you trust yourself. 
That's right. Yeah, it's really, really good. And um, so it's so- the trust that keeps getting me, like what you had asked, what's getting me through each level. It's the trust now mm-hmm. that I trust myself. Yeah, yeah. You've proven you've you've proven your um, yes, yeah. You've proven it to yourself. Your accountability, mm-hmm. accountability to myself. I've proven it now. Yeah, and it's um, freaking crazy. <laughs> um, when do you feel the most at home in your own skin? Like, and maybe this is like oddly specific. I mean, the answer can be oddly specific if you want. But when do you feel the most at home in your own skin? When do you feel the healthiest? I, when I record myself running, (laughs) there's, I don't know if you've ever seen those videos where somebody goes, what I think I look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they show the turtle of what I look like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I record myself, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm just like, yeah. And then, (laughs) and then I see, I don't know, I get one of my kids to get on their bike and I'm like, okay, take a video of me running you know, from the side and I'm like, Oh, but I feel the most in my skin when I am running yeah. and I watch back the video and I see the smile on my face mm. and I'm like, I am so freaking happy. And that's, oh, that's now great. carried over into my relationship mm-hmm. with my kids. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Always big time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go into that right now because that's a whole other conversation. I was just going to say that's that really is a whole other it's, podcast it's, oh. about how it would affect ev- how you love yourself affects every other relationship you've had. I I, oh. I heard this quote and it said you can only meet others as deeply as you've met yourself, and so I yeah. can only love you to the degree that I have accepted. I can only accept you to the degree that I've accepted myself. Um, yeah. I just, I, th- I think there's something really profound about that. You're right about as far as that being a huge topic that um, we could dive oh, into forever. Um, so to end Sandra, I, here's my favorite thing is, you know, your, your confidence. It's absolutely contagious. I was telling my husband about what I was doing today and, um, we were having coffee this morning and I was really excited about our interview. And so I was describing to him a little bit about who you are. And I'm like, yeah, people just ask her, so how much weight have you lost running? And that you're like zero (laughs) pounds. That's not why I do it. You know, it's just totally revolutionary. I love it so much. Um, but what is, you know, you have a lot of people watching you for this reason, because your confidence is so contagious. What are you, then this can be our last question. We can end on this. But what are you hopeful for, for those people, for the people watching, for the people trying to take in your messages? What are you hopeful for? I hope that they find the strength within themselves um, to show up for themselves like I've showed up for myself. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Everything else after that is doable. If you can find the strength within yourself just to put one foot forward in front of the other, and move your body, you've already ticked off the box of your self-worth. You've already ticked one tick mark for yourself that day. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. I feel, I really do feel, I don't know. I'm afraid to say it out loud, but I feel a new motivation. I know to get yes. out there and use my body in a different way because I do, mm-hmm. I will choose comfortable routes or, or you know what it is? It's things that I know I'm good at. It's like I pick battles. I know I can win. And there's something about running that feels 
you know, like just it might outdo me. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's I, I love the that. challenge of being up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so funny you mentioned that because uh, even in this journey, and, and I'll make it quick, but even in this journey, there was a point where, I mean, this is how crazy our minds are. So it was about a year and a half into the, the 5K a day. And it was, um, I was lacing up and my brain said, you're not a real runner because you stick to 5K a day. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like what? what garbage did you find now? Like, where did you, but that was what I had said to myself because I was like, Oh, you're staying in your comfort zone. You're Mm. only doing 5k a day. Mm. You're not a real runner. Even Mm. though I do a marathon every year, which means I have to do a long run, but still I had managed to find, to find a loophole. Yes. Yes. And that's, and and so when you realize that, Mm -hmm. And you can go like this. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop. You're not saying that to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a wallpaper. It's like the wallpaper of our brain, you know, and we can always, we can change it. We're not powerless here. There's something every now and then if I'll get stuck in a thought I don't like, I'll have this like, you know, if something's spinning, you can stick out your leg and stop the spin. You know, it's like, nope. And the, and the sentence that always goes with it is I am not powerless here. Um, Okay. Thank you so much, Sandra. I need to know um, where, how we can support you. First of all, tell us about your Instagram and where to follow there. And then I need to know about your magazine. I need to know all about both issues. <laughs> where can we, where can we get it? So um, big fit. I run is my Instagram handle and my TikTok handle. Um, and then run your life is the magazine. It has its own little Instagram page. Okay. Um, and you can order a copy. There's still a few issues, still a few copies left of the first issue. And the second issue is coming out in December. Awesome. This is something that I dreamt about because not one article in here is written by a professional writer. It is written by women who share something that they've overcome. Mm-hmm. Whether it was being hit by a car, being in a wheelchair, and then getting up and, and recovering from that running a 70.3 Ironman in a, you know, larger body, finishing an Ironman, 70.3 Ironman with 3000 feet of elevation. Um, Or um, there's, it's, so it's 25 women who wrote articles just about being themselves. And that's what I wish I had when I was younger, instead of sassy magazine, Mary, Mary Claire, Right. Uh, cosmopolitan. Do you remember yes. those magazines? Of course, I had a Seventeen magazine. Oh my gosh, yes. Seventeen. Yeah. Those magazines destroyed us. Mm-hmm. They, there was nobody like us when we were growing up that said, make your body strong. 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 Make your body as strong as possible. Yeah. Show your kids what to do when they're stressed out. Amen. Show them by doing it. Yeah. Yes. And now so you didn't have it. So you made it. I love it. I didn't have it. I made it. I made it. (laughs) And we salute you. We are so, so grateful. Um, I I love how you have approached your body with curiosity instead of, you know, fear or or dread or even worse, um, avoidance and repulsion. I just love how calmly you accept what is. And I'm really, really grateful for you. One day I will lose weight. And when that day comes, Watch out. 
<laughs> no holds kidding. barred after that. No, this was a blast, yeah. Sandra. I'm happy to Thank know you. you. So um, guys, please go follow Big Fit I Run. Yes. Is that right? Did I say you that right? Betcha. Okay. On on both platforms, Instagram and TikTok, and look into the very needed magazine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I'm Allison. looking forward to keeping in touch. This was great. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay. And for those of you who are not watching on YouTube, but are just listening, I must point out that Sandra's shirt says, I don't give an F about your diet, Susan. Okay. And so clearly Susan is a skinnier Karen, but I am so delighted by what you have on. Please tell me that that's your merch. It's coming to my store. <laughs> yes! It is. It is going to be my merch. And the other thing I'm going to add to it for all the women who want to start running in bigger bodies, the shirt that I've created, it's, it's actually being shipped right now as a, um, uh, what's it called? Like a, a sample is it says I D G A F about your pace. Susan. Okay. Your okay. race pace. Nice. Because women are scared I love it. of starting running and thinking that they're too slow. So again, we have all these things in our head that we're stopping ourselves from doing because of preconceived notions yeah. about what it should look like. That's right. That's right. So good. All right, guys, <laughs> y'all know where to follow. Click all the links, buy all the things. See ya. Do you have the important task of leading people to worship through music at your parish? Liturgy.com makes it easy to plan music and prepare the liturgy for your parish. You can prepare for Mass more easily than ever with the features that you love, which is the ability to save and share and print your outlines, audio and sheet music previews, expert song suggestions, and now it is more affordable than ever with three new subscription options, premium, plus, and a free basic option. Join today by visiting liturgy.com just in time to prepare for the Advent and Christmas season. And if you'd like to check it out for yourself, just go sign up for a free subscription. Hello, sinners, saints, brothers, and sisters. <laughs> hi, hi, Taylor. Hi, Beef. Hello. Hi. Um, okay. So Sandra, I thought, took this really simple topic of running and made it like way super deep. And I wanted us to all three be together because all of us are really pretty dedicated, disciplined, athletic people. And none of us, <laughs> everybody needs beefy space. Get on YouTube right now <laughs> for that furrowed brow. Um, but all three of us are avoiding this aspect of our lives. And I imagine that it's for more complicated reasons than just, I don't feel like it. I don't know. Maybe it is that simple. What are some of y'all's thoughts? So she, I loved, loved, loved listening to her, her tenacity, just the mm -hmm. way that she talked about it. Here's something I cannot make myself exercise. I fully appreciate that you prioritize and make time for the things that you want to do. I am very busy. I do a million things. I mm -hmm. say, say, say that I want to exercise and I don't, I'm a liar and I don't know why. Um, but she talked about chasing the high Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, well, I wrote that down. I was like, well, I could get behind that. Like, maybe I could choose the high. <laughs> like, I don't want to exercise, mm -hmm. but like, that's intriguing. So I just yeah. liked even the way that she framed it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What about you, Tay Tay? Yeah. I thought about myself and Kristen a lot while we were, while I was listening to this. Cause like both of us are like incredibly talented and very busy and doing a lot of different things. And I feel like, you know, it's just kind of a curse to be so good at things that like you don't have time for things like working out. So I wanted to know what Allison's excuse is. <laughs> 
So, so Kristen and Taylor are too busy excelling at <laughs> at their many crafts. I um for a long time it was that I just hate my body. Like I just mm-hmm. can't be bothered to like put on things that would be appropriate for working out. Like the thought of leggings made me cringe. And so that's not the case anymore. And so now I just think that it's a bad habit. It's what she was saying about consistency. Whatever you are consistently doing is what you're going to keep doing. Well, you can Mm -hmm. consistently work out. And I know that that's true. I mean, there was a time in my life where I was getting up at 5 a.m. doing very, very hard things and sweating a lot. Um, So, and it always felt really good. And I cannot for the life of me understand why I can't reflect back on that high, if you will, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and want to chase it again. I can't understand why this seems to win every time if I let go even just a little. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting because I think you're so athletic and you can do anything as I'm sure you are too, Taylor. I just don't know the history. Um, And so I just think I'm not good at it. And so if I was better at it, I think I would do it, but you Mm -hmm. are better at it and you're not doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so I just was so proud of myself because I signed up for a class that someone like brought to me on a silver platter and I tried to do Mm -hmm. bar Mm -hmm. last night. Taylor, are you familiar with bar? I am. There's two different types and I'm not going to, I don't have any follow-up questions. I'm down for the one R, the two bars followed by an E. I mean, I thought I'd finish it and like want to like overspend on like a class pack and like come back. Cause I would have the hype. No, no, no. I was very clear that I never wanted to do that again. And not only was I sore the next day, but a disc slipped and I like was in extreme pain for several days. Um, and just now I'm getting back. And so, I mean, that's what happens yeah. when I try to exercise. And, and, and last time beef at Orange Theory, you got rhabdo. You oh, I did. I did. Rhabdo. Rhabdo. So I'm not even trying that hard. <laughs> you've had a few bad experiences. So, okay, but what about that? I really think that's interesting about, I think that she is an expert at accepting where her body is right mm-hmm. now. She mm-hmm. said with such calm acceptance, yeah, I might lose weight one day. But right. But I need to love my body right now. And I think that that is beef. The two things that happened to you is a sign of I don't love where I'm at right now. You're Mm -hmm. so used to excelling and achieving that you're like, no, I'm not going to come in as a beginner. I'm not going to be mediocre at something. And you have pushed yourself to injury both times. Does that resonate with you? at all? Yes, that's my (laughs) entire life. It has been a constant spiral. Um, my history with athleticism is now ancient history. Um, and all of the, like I, every time I get inspired, so like hearing her talking about the consistency was good, but it was also like a little deflating for me just because mm-hmm. every time I try to get back into it, I'm doing great for two, three weeks. I'm going, I'm doing something athletic six out of seven days and inevitably two to four weeks in, I get an injury and I can't move for two weeks. And then now I'm five pounds heavier because I couldn't move, you know? So it's like that, that's what kind of has me stuck is Mm -hmm. the, every time I try things get worse. So it's, it's just kind of that balance of like, I, I, I joked a couple months ago, like I'm too fat to lose weight. Like I'm Mm -hmm. way too much where my body's falling apart when I try to do anything physical. So I think it is, you know what it reminds me of a little bit, just to go back an episode is to go back to what Chico was saying about, you know what? In a time in my life when prayer is hard, I'm going to set my timer for three minutes and I'm going to put my phone in another room and I'm going to promise myself that I'm just going to have this three minute prayer. So I think that there are ways to ease into this when we are as lost as the three of us are. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
I was going to say, she talked about building trust with yourself. That's unbreakable. And that Mm. stood out to me too, right? Because I don't trust my body to be able to do anything when I do stuff. Like you're saying I do too much and then I hurt myself. And so I think what you're saying, like just start with something little and slowly build a little trust and then build on that rather than trying to jump all the way in. Yeah. 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 I like that too. You know, she talked a little bit about being afraid of your own success, which it, you know, when she was saying it, it it didn't really resonate with me because I'm like, I am not afraid of my own success. I want more and more. more." (laughs) Um, But I do think that there are, you know, places where I can feel in over my head where what you just said, I don't trust myself anymore. And so in that way, it can feel that you know, idea of success can feel overwhelming and not having the trust that you've built upon, you know, leaves you a little, you know, floundering. Yep. Um, okay. So do we need a a center saint sister pact? Do we, (laughs) do we need to put our hands in the middle of a circle (laughs) and commit to like a three minute walk? (laughs) What are we doing together guys? (laughs) Seriously, any ideas? Okay, my, my, like what, what I've been doing, because I had a lot of rude awakenings over the last couple of months, just some health issues. Um, mm-hmm. My, like I, after being in this downward spiral for so long of like trying to do something physical and getting hurt because I weigh too much, I was like, I've never tried to attack my eating because mm-hmm. I've always just been able to solve it by working out and I yeah, can't now. Right, right, right. So I've attacked my eating and lost 10 pounds yeah, in a month. So like, I think eventually... I'll be able to, Yes. like, I can't focus on the physical activity yeah. right now because I fall apart yeah. every time I do. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do is continuing to essentially follow the rules that every four-year-old is taught about how to eat and finally yeah, yeah, doing yeah. those things. No, that's right. really good because success is such a big motivator. And so if you're feeling, and it's always works as dominoes for me. It's like, you know, success in one area of my life ends up kind of spilling into other areas. I think that's a great start. Mm-hmm. What about you, Beef? Um, that's so interesting that you just say that Taylor, cause I am a vegetarian. I eat really, really healthy. So I've got that part down, I feel like, but then that's like, and well, that's like, why you weigh a third stop. of what I do, Kristen. Well, and that's why I, <laughs> but that's why I stop. And that's why I'm like, not strong at all and do something mm. little and like pull stuff out of alignment in my back. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think a short walk, it, it is literally supposed to be legit fall ish this week. Yes. In Houston. Yes. And yes. so it's I happening. will commit to a three minute walk. No, not a three what minute about, one lap. What about with those little hand weights, Beef? Let's get you some, you know, wait, mm-hmm. listen, we, we don't have any qualms <laughs> or reservations about being old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we embrace this and you could get those little ankle Don't weights. you think that's embracing it a little too much? <laughs> like there's a step too far and I think that might be it. Go I on your walk, but My please don't bring the weights for me. My swimsuit has a skirt me. on it too. So. <laughs> for sure it does. For sure it does. Okay, and I am going to start. This is always a good entry place for me as far as physicality. I'm going to start being regular with yoga. Okay, we're going to start okay. there. All right. I, I thought you were going to one-up us and be like, I'm just going to start small and run a marathon tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Love you guys. This is a great, great, great episode. I think needed all the way around. Absolutely. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for being here. A very special thank you to all guests and sponsors. A really special thank you to Taylor Schroll for mixing and editing. For more content, you can head over to Instagram at Allison M. Sully and TikTok at Sullivan Family TikTok. You can also check out Forte Catholic and subscribe there where you have a 25% chance of hearing me co-host. I am so grateful for all of the love and support that we offer each other here. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.